This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. And we are rolling. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is the uh, the official podcast that has been very uh, many years to come. To be honest, <laughs> that I'm I'm super uh, stoked to do, but I am I'm here with my uh, my homie, my friend. A long-time internet mentor uh, and someone I look up to very much, Sir Mike Vacanti. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. I'm excited we're doing this. Yeah, I am too. We're here in beautiful New York City, hanging out in his apartment, getting a little social time in, and um, thought I would just come on here and uh, we were, we were going to do this podcast anyway, um, but then I was like, hey, I'm going to be up there visiting my girlfriend, and I was like, we could possibly do it in person, and you were... Yeah, I was all over it. I was stoked, honestly. Do you do many in person? No. And I would... If there could be a point sometime in life where I could do mm-hmm. them in person, it's just... It makes it... It's just completely different. Yeah, the uh, conversation. Yeah. Even just like if you do them on the phone, even, it's different. But mm-hmm. yeah, being here face-to-face, and like I said, I was just in Philadelphia with, with Austin and Cody... And we, we had some wine. We sat down and we just, we talked for, for two hours and it was effortless. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? I got some wine in the fridge. I'm not <laughs> drinking on these 75 days, but if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, I want to, we can, we can, I want to jump into that a little bit. How, how, so give a quick brief overview. What is the 75 hard that you've been doing? So a, a client of mine, actually a few coaching clients of mine brought it up that they were either doing the challenge or thinking about it. The 75 hard challenge that Andy Frisilla, who's the CEO of First Form, came up with, mm-hmm. which is a basically a mental toughness challenge, but through the lens of fitness. So there are five things you have to do every single day for 75 days. Mm-hmm. And if you fail one of them, you have to restart the challenge. So it's obviously not practical for like making a physique transformation or uh, having healthy, sustainable relationship with food, things of that nature. But it's like you need to be perfect every single day for 75 days. And they are one, two-a-day workouts, minimum 45 minutes each, and one has to be outside. Right. But whatever you can do. Like so, walking or something. Yeah. So so for my two-a-days, I'm lifting four to five days a week. And then my, my PM session, my second session of the day is always low-intensity steady state, which is almost always walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little bit of mobility, a little bit of abs, a little bit of pump work worked into the other sessions. Right. The second uh, of the five is perfect nutrition. And he says, you pick the diet, right? So in the diet he's talking about on his podcast, he talks about eating clean. And if you're not eating perfectly clean, and if you have a handful of M&Ms, you have to restart the diet. Right. That's intense. I'm not clean eating. I right. just, <laughs> I so don't have it in me. You're, it's macro based. It, it's basically macro-based, but it's not even macro-based for me because the purpose of the challenge is to make it difficult. Right, yeah. I've, for you, for, in the context for, of the individual. For, exactly, mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I can hit, I mean, my recomp macros are above 3,000 calories per day, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to gain muscle right now. So I can hit those in my sleep. What's difficult for me is caffeine. Mm-hmm. And so my quote-unquote nutrition plan, I am in a lean bulk, but... The part of my nutrition plan for the challenge is zero caffeine for the 75 days after, like we were just talking about, 12 years of 400 milligrams a day. Yeah. Basically every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the second component of it is a weekly 
full day fast. Right. So, okay. So every Sunday I'm consuming zero calories. How, how's that? How do you, it's, I have almost no experience with full day fasting. Yeah. I, I've done some intermittent fasting when I'm losing fat, just pushing breakfast back standard stuff. Yeah. But with a, a full day fast, which ends up being somewhere between 32 and 40 hours. Mm-hmm. If you think about dinner one night, go to bed, zero calories the next day, go to bed, breakfast or whenever you wake up the next day being your next food intake um it's shockingly easy yeah the first one i was i was basically dead like i was very tired Mm -hmm. because i'm on day 12 i've done two fasts the first fast was very difficult i read up a little and i should have thought of this but i think it was basically just sodium depletion because i'm drinking so much water Mm. no salt so on day two i had probably like a tablespoon and a half of sea salt throughout the day. And I felt, I felt focused. I felt, I mean, the PM cardio session was harder. Right. But, but right. in general, it wasn't difficult oh, for me. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So that's the nutrition, the yeah. no caffeine and one fast per week. Okay. Uh, the third thing of the 75 is um, drink one gallon of water per day, mm-hmm. which is easy for me. I'm, I mean, we're both drinking our waters right Got now. It. Got uh, it. This, the fourth is to read at least 10 pages of a book that will make you better, mm-hmm. which again, isn't hard for me, 10 pages, but everyone's different. Some people who have done this challenge are like real bro bodybuilder meatheads haven't read a book in 15 years. Right. And they read four books in 75 days and are like, I got ideas from these books that are changing my life. Mm. Um, so that's the fourth component. And the fifth component is take a progress picture every day, which I'm actually realizing I don't like taking progress pictures, which is kind of interesting, but yeah. 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 No, so I those, could, I those are the that. five. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Post-workout every day, like snap one flexed and one relaxed. Do you have to post it or just take it? Just take it. Okay. And I posted a couple, but I also don't want to inundate my feed with me shirtless, like <laughs> Right. I'm 32 years old. I'm not trying to like, <laughs> there was a time and a place for that in my life. And, and that happened. Right. And, and even now, like if I shred and get diced up, yeah. you know, of course you want to post a picture, but yeah. in general, I, it's unnecessary. I think uh, Jonathan Goodman was uh, from the owner of the PTDC. He, he, one of his life rules are to get extremely shredded one time in your life, take a bunch of pictures and never do it again. Yeah. And yeah. I've kind of like gone by that. Like, I, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely like get lean, but as far as like getting stage lean again, like I did. Yeah. It's not a chance. Yeah. The upside isn't worth the, the costs and effort and sacrifices. That right. Right. It. Right. Well, this, this, so the 75 heart, I think that that's super cool. And as I was asking you before um, the podcast, which is why I wanted to get started was <clears throat> trying to, Find more goals, hobbies, interests, things to keep you motivated after the initial career stuff. And I guess the career stuff also. So what I've noticed is is kind of the um, the hero's journey, whatever you want to call it. So I had fitness first and mm-hmm. I was super obsessed with learning all about fitness, diet, exercise, everything that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now what's happening is I noticed that the the fitness side of things, um, I'm it's kind of fizzling fizzling away, and now business and marketing and connections and also relationships, uh, just that next step in life for me, I guess, is starting to to take place. So all these new goals and things like that. But mm-hmm. then it's also like my fitness, I'm almost becoming somewhat nihilistic about fitness and. 
it's just whenever you as you get older and you mature i i mean i'm still 25 so i mean like what what do i really know yet but it's just i'm i'm starting to be like what does it matter like i don't i i feel shallow sometimes talking about okay you need to eat protein with each meal you need to um whatever hit these calories hit these macros or something like that uh i just how do you as you've gone how how have you tried to prevent that nihilism and the existential stress i know wow we just took a big left turn here but yeah how, these are heavy questions but it's something that because you're very i see you similar similar to me in a lot of ways you're just older than me so it's like mm-hmm. i'm i'm trying to ask my future self here for the best advice possible i guess yeah well the first thing i would say is i don't think there's anything wrong with a change in interests over time i think yeah. that's natural yeah. right to go from being very interested because i i think goals is one way to put it and obviously we have goals and pursuing goals and making progress is is fundamental for a life not ridden with anxiety right like we both kind of agree that there needs to be progress in some direction mm-hmm. otherwise you're stuck yeah and you clearly made amazing progress with your fitness knowledge and physique and strength and everything over the years and as we also both know without a little bit of help, we'll call it. Mm. There's kind of limited progress you can even make in fitness, right? Like marginal progress, we'll say. After several years of intense training, you're probably at least 80 to 90% of what you can achieve, definitely from a physique point of view. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're going to have to find other motivators than just the the very minimal progress you're making each year because it comes so minute that it's like, you ha- you're not doing this anymore to to be more shredded or to be more muscular if you stay natural or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, investing hundreds of hours, I mean, maybe even thousands of hours for 2.15 pounds of lean mass per year. Like, <laughs> per, per year, yeah. Per year. Almost nothing. Yes. It's like, yeah, so that's really what you're in this for. It's like, no, you've got to find other reasons. Yeah, and, yeah. and those other reasons, like we both know – so we'll get to that, but yeah. moving, moving, shifting your interests into business and things of that nature, I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I also think you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing it obviously to secure a future for yourself, but also for the joy that you get from helping others. Like mm-hmm. we're, we were talking before about that from fitness and from helping people with their businesses, like the joy that comes from taking what you've learned, giving it to someone who needs it, seeing them succeed and seeing them help more people, like that fills you up. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the, you're you're asking like what happens when I hit my goals in that department and, and among other things, um, I think you'll make new goals and mm-hmm. I think you'll have new interests and, right. I, and I think you'll figure it out. For me, on my journey, I was obsessed with fitness from 16 to 24 and and made a lot of mistakes and did a lot of really dumb like inefficient things as far as progress throughout those years but that's how I learned mm-hmm. and uh and then when I moved to New York City in 2012 2013 um the focus became business and I I got my business off the ground quite quickly here, started training clients in person, started building my online business, uh, had things running kind of on all cylinders, backed off of my in-person training hours and was really focused on online coaching. And then 
had the opportunity with Gary, right. took that, two years with him in conjunction with continuing to work full time on my online business. Like I got to the point where I had reached my business goals, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the last three years, and now I'm, I'm back coaching Gary every three months with Jordan, but from 2016 to 2019, I wasn't even like, I would say I was somewhat lost in that. I thought that I was supposed to be building my business because that's what everyone like. That's what celebrated. Those are the values in our culture that are, are kind of propped up to the top. Whereas that wasn't fulfilling me. It was, it was becoming mundane and and empty. It has the opposite effect kind of of what you thought it will. In the years prior, that was your entire life. And then you kind of, you get to that point and then it's like, okay, what, what happens, what happens now? It's not mm-hmm. bringing me the same fulfillment. And actually it's, it's making my life worse. And then you, whatever, you might feel guilty. You might be like, what, like something's missing here. And everything in the prior years pointed to, you need to build your business. That's what you do at this, like at my stage of life or whatever, you're building up your career, uh, et cetera. You're trying to make sure you're financially stable, uh, for, for years to come and things like that. But then it's like, after you get to a certain point, you're like, all right, well I'm in my twenties or late twenties or even early thirties or whatever. And it's like, I still have a lot of life to live. And it's like, what, what, what do I do now? Yeah. I think you'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But but you're right. It's, it's a shift from working out of need. And this is a, first world problem. This is a very fortunate person problem. This is a, if you have this problem, you're in a great spot in your life, but it's a shift from working out of need and security and and almost like a fear-based motivation to realizing that you have enough and then figuring out in lieu of that, what you should be pursuing. Mm -hmm. And for me, I went back to like my personal life. And obviously I continued to run my business and continue to get a ton of joy out of helping people with fitness and business um, and took on one-off projects in that time frame, like the Jamie and Matt Staples winning $150,000 on the poker bet, like That's traveling true. all over, That's making really content cool. around it, like fun one-off projects. But through all of that, I was doing work on myself. I was doing work on like past relationships I'd had. I was trying to figure out, you want to talk about nihilism. I remember telling my dad once that I would never get married and never have kids and just like swore off all of that, like a real cynical. What age was that about? If you don't care sharing. No, no, no. Uh, 20... <laughs> Five or 26. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, right. on the back end of a bad breakup. So like. I get it. I get but, it. But nonetheless, meant every word Still of it. Still serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but going back to that in, a, in an attempt to find meaning and continue to live a meaningful life, I had to examine and work on myself and not just be 1,000% business fitness right and and you know now am am in a better place there sparing listeners details that are just personal and unnecessary but like have been dating my girlfriend for two years like things are in a good spot i feel good about that and now even my focus is starting to reshift and right now it's actually on fitness as a result of the 75 hard which is which is a weird full circle kind of thing it is interesting yeah Mm -hmm. wow yeah okay yeah so literally like you said it's just 
it's just kind of like evolutions and their their cycles and things and and yeah that's that's what I think I think that happens is uh, and I think I was talking to my girlfriend about this too it's just like like I said in the in your early twenties you're trying to uh, work on your career become financially stable and then I think the next the next common move not necessarily right or wrong is then the the family type thing it's like mm-hmm. okay then you're gonna get married then you're gonna have kids you're gonna live in a house and you're gonna live happily ever after mm-hmm. and it's like but what if that's yeah what if that's not in the cards or like in your case you said you were you were nihilistic about it all so what kind of what kind of brought you back was it meeting this girl was it a lot of self-help was it a lot of jordan peterson like it was a lot of jordan so peterson. jordan peterson he really whenever i could like you had a big uh, well, I guess it was, it was almost a lack of some of the content that you were put, putting out for, for a little bit, but Jordan Peterson came in your life. And I feel like you were trying to do a lot of, uh, yeah, self work. Do mm-hmm. you want to, yeah. Do you want to delve into that a little bit? I or? can, I can sure try. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I came across someone sent me. I, I feel like someone on Snapchat is where I remember it. Wow, really? Yeah, sent me a clip of, or the podcast of him and Rogan, the second one they did in 2017, I believe. Right. And uh, and he was just saying things that made so much sense intuitively that I knew to be true, but I wasn't 100% sure why. Um, That's exactly what I said, too. He's the first person to articulate certain things that I thought in my head, but he was able to put them into words uh, even more correctly than what I thought in my head. Yeah, which is yeah. which is crazy. It's, it's eye-opening almost. And it's just, yeah, yeah. But yeah, continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. I'm glad we shared that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's said that that's a common thing that people will say to him upon meeting him. Um, yeah, it, it really... I don't remember exactly through the course of the journey. I, I contributed to to his... So I went and saw him speak before he blew up, blew up. There were maybe 80 of us out in Seattle or, or near Seattle and um, and met with him afterward and got to talk with him a little bit afterward and then became a Patreon of his, which supported, uh, you know, because he really wasn't like fully off the ground. I mean, right. nothing like he is now. This was pre-book, pre-all of that. Right, right, right. Um, supporting him just for the all of the free content he was putting out. His Bible lecture series, which is my favorite content of his, is absolutely unbelievable. You better buckle up. If you, <laughs> if you, if you listen to it, you just, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Well, he he is the person who spoke about Christianity in a way that was practical and um, not dogmatic and not hypocritical and not overly judgmental of others, but more like, here's a fascinating book, the Bible. It's 2,000 years old. And in the last, I don't know, 30 to 50 years, whatever time frame the quote-unquote new age atheists have, have come up, Arguments throwing this out, treating this book as if it's supposed to be 100% historical, as if it's supposed to be scientific, as if it's supposed literal. to literal, tell the, and, and, and I'm not an apologist. I'm not, I'm not knowledgeable. I haven't even finished the Bible. Like I don't, but he, what Jordan Peterson did was he gave the book enough merit 
to br- to put me in a place where I was curious to read it mm-hmm. and not curious to like join a religion or not curious to like like identify as a certain type of person, but literally curious to just read the stories in this book. Um, and and so that was a massive life changing thing that he did for me. Were all those lectures already out by that time? So no, the, no, I was listening to them as they were coming out. Oh, actually out on YouTube and as he was doing them. Yeah. Oh, I, interesting. I, I believe it was like the late summer and into the fall of 2017. I'm, I'm pretty so sure he that just had, was. So he just had some YouTube videos out at that point, right? Because I know he did well, other like normal lectures in classes. He had, he recorded his... Um, two classes at the University of Toronto. Maps of Meaning oh, yeah. was one of his classes, and then he had a personality class. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 so he recorded basically all of 2016. All of the classes that he did were up online. Right. Um, so contributing to his Patreon mm-hmm. got me a 45 minute call with him. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, cool. I know. And and I recorded it, but he asked me not to share it. And oh, well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. cool. But but and I mostly recorded it to look back on, but I I told him, I mean, he's a clinical psychologist, and I've had minimal experience with therapy personally yeah. throughout my life. Um, but I told him I was like, look, we have 45 minutes. I really appreciate everything you've done, but I would love to just use this as like a like literally a therapy session. And talk about stuff. And he was like, sure, like it's your time, like whatever you want to do. And so we talked about like, you know, what's been going on with me, with dating and and with almost being in a, at that time, a, a very cynical, like, like casual relationships, not looking for anything long term, um, cynical about the state of things. So this was, tw- you were 28, 29 here? Yeah. 20, yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 29. Maybe even thirty, but yeah, okay, yeah, right, in, right, right. In, in that range, um, I think twenty nine. Mm-hmm. And talk to him about like bad breakup with an ex girlfriend, and kind of what was going on with. I think I was actually just starting to date my current girlfriend, or like in the very early process that had just met her and was talking to him about things. And again, without getting into specifics, right. he asked questions that got me thinking in a different way um, and, and kind of broke down some barriers that had been hurting me. He did his previously. job is yeah. what he did. Yeah. He did his job. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that you could get it. Think I'm wondering how much it would cost to do a 45 minute call with him today. I it would be, I don't think they exist. I don't think so either. Yeah. No, no. But yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, Super interesting. And I feel like a lot of people do need to hear that, especially because looking at you on on the outside and things, it's like you you're and you you still are. Like you're a very well rounded individual, you're motivated, you're you've got your career, um, everything like that. But then like you said, you have these certain internal battles that that you're trying to figure out. But it seems like Jordan Peterson was you it was just serendipitous moment, whatever, you you were able to find him and then deep dive into his work and it really uh i feel like it's obviously in your opinion if it made a huge difference in your in your life yeah life-changing yeah it really is though Mm -hmm. and that's what i thought whenever i got into his work as well because i was just like everybody at least at least 
women as well, but young men especially, because I feel like he's like he talks about like women, not to not to say this is all, all that women do or whatever, but it's like they in their evolutionary biology, it's like to them having children, raising the children, caring for the family, everything like that is that's that's like their role, right? And yep. then for men, it's it's whatever it's to be the the hunter, the gatherer, provider, uh, you know, work, make sure the family's safe. Uh, whatever. And so that's why his message about finding meaning in life uh, drew in so many young adults around, I would say, mid-20s, late-20s, even early 30s. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, especially just, and and even older. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Living in, there's, there's a book, I forget the author. I'm actually blanking on the title too. It was a Russian psychologist, um, McCallie, yes, Flow, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. No, it's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Which, that which, was, which yeah. talks about like physiologically what meaning is, mm-hmm. and and it was certainly at that point in my life something that was lacking, and something that I just see lacking in so many people in society. Today. Well, you don't know what what does meaning mean, right? It's like it's, you have to create your own meaning basically um because like i said the meaning for for women it's more genetically already inherited they're like okay i need to find a family have kids like and then the child becomes your life but for men it's not necessarily so so straightforward so you've got to produce your own meaning and and jordan peterson's big thing is is basically like a, a life worth living is 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 basically bearing the heaviest load of responsibility um possible and, mm-hmm. and bearing it and that's how you whatever you make yourself a better person which can then in turn help your friends and family mm-hmm. and then it can help your community and then it makes the world but to bring it full circle that's kind of what we were talking about with the fitness and business it's like we're trying to use our craft our area of expertise whatever to make someone else's life better in both fitness and business mm-hmm. and and what better thing is there to do than that right Especially when you compare it to try to make the world better by by force or by mm. criticism or by mm. imposing change upon others versus I'm going to be the light. I'm going to I'm going to get myself right. I'm going to be the light, and then I'm going to help the people closest to me, and then I'm going to build that circle out, like you just said. Right. Yeah. And I think how he uses, uh, uh and and religion or not like however you want to view this it's like whenever he talked about using god as your your ultimate judge as your ultimate ideal whatever you want to say god is quote unquote in your life it's like that is what you should aim to at least uh live up to you should aim for that that person that that highest order uh being or whatever yep that's and, that's how you should navigate your life. And he even says that that's what God is right. to everyone is the highest thing on your hierarchy of values. Mm. And and the important thing about that you need to know about a hierarchy of values is your values aren't what you say your values are. Your values are what you act out. Mm. And so if the if your behavior patterns are prioritizing money above all else in life and that's what you're chasing at the expense of everything else then fundamentally god is like god is money money is at the top of your hierarchical structure right at least at that moment in time yes yeah yep exactly yeah 
and yeah, it's just basically trying to, and then you get to a point, like I said, if you, if you are ending up making enough money, you finally get to that point and it's just like, okay, I'm financially stable, but you just, you realize it's creating more and more anxiety because if you're going to end up making more and more money, typically, you know, you've either, there, there, there becomes a, a, uh, uh, what's it called? Intersection. What's the mathematical term for it? When it, uh, uh, when two lines cross intercept or what is it called? Reflection point. Okay. That, that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's basically whenever like you're trying to make more money, but the, the point of you making more money becomes interfered with your own happiness. So like, like whenever you talked about how many, you had a decent amount of clients, but then yeah, you realized, okay, me taking on more clients right now is not filling this hole that I'm trying to fill. Mm-hmm. But as somebody who's young and that was your ideal, that was your God mm-hmm. or whatever, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm making money. I need to be stable. But then it's like, okay, I'm here and making more money isn't filling that hole. So it's just like, okay, now it's back to the drawing board and you've got to figure out. But that gray area, that little in between, whenever you're trying to figure that out, is very hard unbelievably hard it's very hard to do because you have to you have to change what you're pursuing right and not to mention a specific point on what you just said you can never be fully secure right like you can work up to a certain amount of call it and not even money but just assets in general right Mm -hmm. like food water shelter money is the ability to buy those things in the future um there's always threat like we're all going to die at some point. And, and so security from what, like we could, a, another country could launch a nuke at New York city right, right your, now. Your and bank like, account's not going to save you. It, your bank account's not going to save you <laughs> yeah, when, right. when four miles away. Yeah. So, so that's an interesting thing that I had to realize because being numbers oriented, being ISTJ on Myers-Briggs, being like whatever the, the person that I am, since I was younger, I always wanted security. Like I would draw up allowances with my parents to make like five bucks a week. I would do chores and all this stuff and they'd give me $5 a week and I wouldn't spend it and I'd save it. And like for whatever reason, that's always just been in here. And, and so some of my goals along the way were financial, like call it savings goals or a net worth target. And that's consistently moving like we talked right. about with goals. Once you achieve it, do you make a new goal? Mm-hmm. Once you hit 185 on the bench for the first time, mm-hmm. you're going for 225. Once you hit 225, you're going for 275. Like y- you keep pushing it out, which I think in life is a good thing, but eventually it comes to the point where it's it's uh, detrimental. Do you ever so I'm I'm the same way. Like I have I have money saved up. I don't spend a lot of money as well, but it is because of the fear of I know, well, at least now I know in the future that I'm going to have to whatever, provide for my family, potentially buy a house, everything like that. So it's like, in my mind, I'm still like save, hoard, whatever, as much as possible. Um, Do you ever fear that it's like, I think what pushes me is I'm afraid, especially with our type of career, whenever we're on our own or it's, it's, it's combined with also like, oh, it could all go away. So have you had to deal with that throughout the years as well, even though it's not even rational because you could have whatever 50k saved up in the bank and you're 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 fine literally but it's like in your mind you're like oh i need to just keep 
more and more and more. And I mm-hmm. don't know if there's ever a satiating, like if that will ever go away necessarily, or if that's just something you got to cope with, deal with. I, one, I think it depends on your average cost of living mm-hmm. or like the, the type of lifestyle you want to have, as well as what you project your future lifestyle to be like, mm-hmm. right? Because for different people, you'll have to need to save a right, certain amount. To, um, yeah, that's definitely relevant. I had another point that that I'm forgetting now. Well, one thing I'll touch on while you're trying to remember is I know that um, one effect that can be very dangerous, and I've had to watch this with myself as well, as I start to make more money, I've got to be very careful that I don't upgrade my lifestyle to a point where I have to now my 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 sense of well-being and my security is easy because I don't have a lot of stuff like there's not a lot I've got to take care of but if you buy a super big house or or a a car you level up your life in that terms Mm -hmm. now you have to start working and making enough money in a sense to just your baseline rises you know it's a trap you know what I'm saying? Yep. And I've got to be, you've got to be very careful, especially as you start to make more money. It's like, oh, I can buy this. I can buy this. I'll buy these nice clothes. But then it's like, oh, that guy over there, he's got those nice clothes. So I want to have this. Or they're in this group. And I look up to that group and I want to, you know, I want to make, I want to be enough in their eyes. You know what I'm saying? And that comes Absolutely. in, that comes in money, that comes in career, that comes in credibility, status, like relationships, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of. It, it adjusts your normal. Yeah. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. That's why I never, I don't think I would ever purchase a flashy car. Well, one, I'm not a car person. Some mm-hmm. people are car people and, and in those situations, it makes more sense. But to ever purchase anything, a house, a car for the approval of others, it, it just puts you in a position where whatever you have today, let's say you're like eight out of 10 happy, for example, after you make that purchase, you shoot up to a 10. Right. And then like a week later, you're at a nine. Right. And then a month later, like upgrading from the Camry to the the BMW, it, mm-hmm. it's just... Uh, there's always a Ferrari out there, though. You, you <laughs> well, gotta get, well, now you got to get the Ferrari. Yeah, that's another thing, and too. Then, then, it's, then it's just an endless status game. Yeah. And that, and that comes down to why you're making decisions and who you're trying to impress with the decisions you're making. Yeah, of course. What are some, so Ramit Sethi is somebody, you know, Ramit, mm-hmm. um, yep, yep. his book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich is one of them. Uh, and I know you're the finance guy, so I don't know the absolute credibility of this book, but it has been astronomically helpful for me because it was written well um, and it was easy to understand. And he has very clear and concise steps to, to help you save and to get a hold of your finances and things. But he talks about money dials. And so some people, their money dial may be like convenience or like where they're living or like travel or going out to eat mm-hmm. or something like that. So obviously your money dial is not cars or like flashy things or anything like that. So I'm curious, what, what are some of your things that you do that you wouldn't care at all to spend a lot of money on because it gives you that much fulfillment in life? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, convenience is certainly up there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, family, like I'll never miss, you know, my family lives in Minnesota. We're in New York right now. Um, I'll fly back for Thanksgiving. I'll fly back for Christmas. How often do you I'll, fly back? Cause I, the, the, uh, sorry to cut you off the, um, the wait, but why the, the, um, that yeah, one article, yeah. what's it called again? I forgot. 
But it's something about how many it's, times it's, you're going to be spending with your family within the next ever X F, amount of years. Once once you graduate, so it's an article on weightbutwhy.com. Mm-hmm. And if you Google wait but why, like time left with parents. The tail end? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, that is what it's called. Got Good it. memory. Got it. A little bit. Um, yeah. After you graduate high school, so from the age of 18 on, mm-hmm. assuming you don't go to university or assuming you, you move away from your family at that point. Right. Um, the average number of times you'll see your parents before they pass away, like it's something insane. Like by the time you're 18, you've already spent over 90% of the time with your, your parents that you'll ever spend with yeah, them in total. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's assuming they lived, you know, that's another, however many years. Right. Um, yeah. Spending it, it, So I, I get back to Minnesota four to six times a year. And recently we've been going down to Florida for one to two family trips a year um, and spending a solid seven, eight, nine days with my parents on each of those trips. So, oh, yeah. I saw the pictures recently because yeah. I also follow your sisters and yeah, I saw them yeah. post pictures, <laughs> not you. You don't post pictures, but if you're a creep like me, you see the whole family and everything. I'm like, yeah, Mike, I know where Mike's at. So, Hanging out. So that's something that I definitely spend money on. My parents also get out to New York a decent amount too. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I took them to the Vikings Giants game when they were playing out here. That was a really fun weekend. That's all. But yeah, that's it's, fun. It's just, that's a no brainer to me because as I've gotten older, I've just realized the importance of creating those memories and, and spending time with my my parents and my sisters. Does it ever does it scare you at all? Cuz it I in the in the recent years I think is whenever it's hit me the most thinking about um you know just that these people that you care so immensely about like that it's like we and we're also we're not around them as much anymore. So yeah, I think it's just I become more and more scared and frightened that yeah, one day they will pass and it sometimes makes me feel guilty because i'm not spending enough time with them or calling them enough or or whatever so it's just there's a line there though because your parents want what's best for you and what's best for you isn't to sit on the couch watching tv with your parents 24 7 365 right yeah so of course so you like absolving you of your guilt there (laughs) um Yeah, yeah yeah something yes it scares me and i think coming to that realization whenever i did made me just want to do because we can't control when we pass away when our parents pass away right coming to that realization made me focus on what i can control which is the frequency and depth of my communication with them yeah and and so at that point i made changes and and kind of prioritize those relationships even higher than they already were something else that comes to mind which ties it back to Jordan Peterson is the concept of being the strongest person at your father's funeral. I wrote a blog about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Go ahead. And, and essentially when something so catastrophic and sad and I, I, I mean, depending on your belief system, I guess, depending on how, it happens depending on at what point in your life you are mm-hmm. obviously makes a, a massive difference but what you're doing by trying to be the strongest person at your father's funeral is you're shifting you're shifting your energy away from like a woe is me sadness victim uh kind of like 
prey animal mm, it's mentality. happening to you like it's exactly and and you're taking that situation and you're being an anchor and a pillar for other people who need you mm-hmm. and and you're you're being proactive right and you're doing good for others and uh and I'm not both, I still have both my parents. I'm unbelievably fortunate. So I'm not speaking from experience, but that's something that really resonated with me and can be applied to other areas of life. Like this is a, a, a a sad thing and people are struggling with this, but I'm going to do everything I can to make it better. You'll be ready for that moment. Yeah, I know. And it's just like, whenever, whenever the funeral, whenever these, the hardest I mean, some would argue like death would be the hardest thing to get through, death of a loved one or, or whatever. You want to be strong enough so that the others can lean on your shoulder and cry mm-hmm. um, or whatever. And this was, <clears throat> dude, I wrote this, I wrote this, this blog post, but yet yeah, that, that resonated with me so much. So that's why I did write a piece about it. It's a very short piece, but I had um, three of my grandparents died within six or nine months um yeah it was it was it was really rough um but that that was a very eye-opening and just uh it was a it was a period in my life where i had to be very resilient um and it just yeah it was it was very difficult um yeah i wrote it one night i think it was probably after watching some jordan peterson or something because you just get you get so if if it does you find something that does resonate with you um, so much, but yeah, I remember I was writing it it was like 1am or something. I just felt compelled to write it. And then I was literally like crying and I sent a message to both of my parents at like 1.30 in the morning. I was just like, Hey, I just, I wanted to tell you guys that I love you guys so much. Um, yeah. And it, it uh, uh, yeah, it's, it is intense. It's just that I want to get that point across is like, that is what the power of, you can hear something like Jordan Peterson can like that's a good message to get across to people. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. like, hey, you need to be the strong one at the funeral so that other people can uh, have a shoulder to cry on mm-hmm. uh, or something. And I think, yeah, that's that's stuff that I I think about often. And I think we need more people like that in the world. And I think, yeah, you and I both are just we're trying to fulfill that role one day at day. a time. That's yeah. exactly what it is, yeah. though. Yeah. That's that's awesome, by the way. I bet your parents really appreciated that. And yeah. I bet other people, including myself, have maybe been in that situation and maybe sent the message or maybe not sent the message. But mm-hmm. like taking that action in the moment and expressing it, even though it's yeah. vulnerable and like it depends on your relationship, but it's it's the right thing to yeah. do. Yeah, having a good cry. I'm telling you, it's good. Yeah. I, I was about to get emotional on here. But yeah, that you. it's just something that uh, I think enough people don't, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to just basically like, yeah, loved ones. It's just, you, you, you realize the fragility of life. Mm-hmm. I think is, it's just the, the very, um, small, the very, um, precise balancing act that we are all, uh, riding along and we're trying to, you know, uh, navigate our way through it and, and, and do the best that we can. Yes, sir. Um, that's well said. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying. That's, um, so that's my that's probably my top money dial. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to think for a second. I was like, wait, what, what were we talking about? I'm the worst at taking things back to the Dude, point, so good. I'm so happy. I just that was got that, per- that was perfect. You, you bow tied that up very nicely. Uh, but yeah, money. Yeah, I think family obviously I, well, is is one, and that's. Uh, I bought like I bought dinner for my family. I've, I'm 
I'm not trying to humble brag here at all, but I, I, I felt good about doing that. The other day, I took him out to a nice dinner. But, I paid for it. It was the first time that I was ever able to do that. You want to hear something I struggle with every day of my life? Walking the balance between humble brag and leading by example. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. like what what is the difference between virtue signaling, like trying to appear great to your listeners, if I'm doing it, like whatever, mm. and and saying something I did that's that's amazing, like you did, to to maybe trigger something in someone's brain to like, hey, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I haven't bought my old man dinner in a while. Like, I'm gonna take him out, like, mm-hmm. right? Because so, it, I just thought that's it's interesting. also it's it's because it is a form. There's always self interest involved, right? Because I did that because yes, I do want to treat them out, and I think it's a small favor that I can do to re- repay them um, in the never ending payment that I owe them. But it's like, but it's also I feel good mm-hmm. when I do that. So giving. It is, yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, but I think that that form of self-interest, if you're everything, almost everything I would say is, is self-interested in that way. But if you can be selfish, quote unquote, it's best to be selfish while also benefiting other people. Yeah. You were selfish in buying your parents a nice dinner. There are people right. who are selfish and buy themselves like a VR Pornhub sex robot <laughs> and, and like use that. Like, absolutely true right there's one is money dials <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely but but yes giving and making other people feel good and that comes ties back into what we do for a living mm-hmm. helping people become better get in better shape or or like you talked about helping build their business, business. or both yeah yeah well okay so this this is a good that was a good this is a good full, full circle right there we brought it all the way back but i'm i'm i now I'm wondering, um, like what, what is, what is, what's going to be next for you? Like what, what, what are you excited about? Uh, you know, what are you looking forward to in the future? I'm really excited about 75 hard. Okay. On day 12. And I got, I did a, one of those Q and a things on my Instagram saw that, yes. story, mm-hmm. um, because I want to form film a long form video answering the questions. But one of the questions was just standing out in my mind, which was, isn't, isn't 75 hard going to ruin your relationship with food and exercise? Mm. And I almost can't relate. I mean, I, I can, and I need context to know where the person's coming from, but it's actually 75 hard is having the exact opposite I was effect. Say, it would have the opposite effect on because me, I feel I, like. I am, I, I'm, I feel like I'm 23 again with the level of excitement I get making sure I get 40 protein and a hundred grams of carbs post-workout right. and, and having it be a Monday night. And I know that the next day is an upper body day and knowing I'm dumbbell benching and knowing that I'm going up in weights and mm. like like a happy, nervous excitement the night before, like this weird, it, it's, it's literally made me so excited about training and nutrition. And that is bleeding into the quality of the work I'm doing with coaching clients. That's bleeding into the quality of my relationships with other people. It's bleeding into how fast I'm taking action in other places in my life. Um, uh, this was the reason that I started a fitness business that I that I daydreamed up a fitness business and back when I was working my accounting job in 2011 and uh, and that is that I know that the changes that I experienced 
on a character level, on a psychological level, on a mental toughness level, by making fitness progress, by having dialed nutrition, training consistently, and seeing my body change over time, that made me a fundamentally different person. Mm. And I mean, I I actually took my fitness pretty seriously for a little bit in 2016, had a nice six-month bulk. Um, I think that was the the peak of my like push strength at that time. Um, but since then it's been lackluster, the travel with the poker with Jamie and Matt Staples, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it, I just haven't been in it. And for these 12 days I've been in it and I feel, I feel like a better version of myself that I used to be. It's kind of like the rope, the year of the robot that you talked about. Basically, I feel it's it's come full circle. Well, I'm saying, no, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying whenever I, and I brought this up here recently, I don't remember how I brought, I brought it up somewhere, but whenever I did my first bodybuilding show, I did it my my freshman year in college, the very first semester in the dorms. And so I was, we lived in a tower. I was on like the ninth floor or something. So every day I would have to get my chicken that was basically taking up the entire mini fridge that we had. I'd get my chicken. I would go down. I would gather up all my kitchen supplies because the kitchen was in the basement. It wasn't, it wasn't in my room. I got all of my supplies in a crate, like a moving crate. And I, every day at the same times, I would go down there, I would go in the kitchen, I would cook my, I would cook like two meals. Um, and, but what, what, what I'm getting at is it made the rest of my life fall in place because I was so, I was so on point with my time management because I needed to make sure that I got in those meals. I got in my work because I had to, if I was going to take the competition seriously, I was going to hit my macros and calories every single day. But then what also, what this also did was make sure that the rest of my life was regimented and if I knew I needed to work out that night, I was going to get my homework done mm-hmm. on time mm-hmm. so that I could do this, mm-hmm. I could do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I try and and, and um, push, I guess, with my, my fitness business as well. It's like, I think that people, sometimes the most likely time that you do need a coach is whenever your life is its busiest almost because it's going, it, one, they're going to help you with that stuff, but it's also like, do you think you would do better on your own as opposed to with yeah. someone else? But it's just, you need, yeah, whenever you're actually dialed in like that, it, it ripples out to the, to the rest of your life. Which doesn't make sense because okay. it's right. Because it's additional time commitment yeah. for you to get that, that PM training session in for you to be, you know, taking the time an extra, however much time to increase your meal frequency, make sure you're getting enough protein, like, doing that is taking hours away that you could have been studying, that you could have been socializing, that you mm. could have been doing other things. Mm-hmm. But those boundaries, those those time boundaries mm-hmm. just forced you to be more productive in the time that you had. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of like in an office setting, if you have someone who's unbelievably busy and you have someone who has a lot of time on their hands, mm-hmm. it it counterintuitively makes more sense to give the busy guy the project because he's going to find a way to get it done. There's a reason he's busy. Right. And there's a reason the person with idle hands has idle hands. Yeah. What's that one? There's that one rule or law or something. It's like the, the, the time the task, uh, takes you to complete is the time allotted or whatever. It's like, it's like whenever it's just, everybody knows who's ever jammed or crammed for a paper or like try to get it done before midnight. It's like, you got from, if you're at 10 o'clock and your paper's doing two hours, you're gonna finish that ten-page paper in two hours. And I don't remember just, the law. Murphy, you got to get Murphy. it done. There's, there's something, there's something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's, it's super interesting how, how that works. It also gives you a very 
I feel like you're like me as well, and probably like many people, but whenever you have that crystal clear clarity of exactly what you need to do oh, that I can day, execute. whenever I had the whiteboard, which I got the idea from you and which people still talk about, I was like, I need to do that again because I was so, I had my five daily goals or whatever, weekly goals or whatever, right in front of my face. So there was no excuse for me to not get done what I know needed to get done. And with 75 mm-hmm. hard, mm-hmm. it's exactly, you know, you've got to get those five things done every single day mm-hmm. or you fail. I almost want to do a 75 business hard. Oh. That could be like a nice, uh, like a free giveaway for people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? Well, stay tuned for that, guys. You heard it here first. Part two. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, but uh, but cool. Yeah, I think I think that that's a, that's probably a good, good ending point. Um, let's see. Normally, yeah, I was going to say, do you want to, do you want to plug anything? Is there anything you want to tell people about or, uh. I don't, I don't post enough on social media to feel good about plugging any of my, (laughs) I I have a macros tracking app. It's called Mike's macros. It's free for Android and iPhone. Um, a lot of people seem to really like it. So if, if you want to give tracking macros a crack, go for it. What's interesting. I know we're wrapping up, but I saw you post something about, um, environment, like food Food environment. environment. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Which is such a, which I think some people almost think of as like, you're either tracking or you're not. But as someone who pretty regularly tracks, it helps me so much making the changes of like, I, th- I think you talked about having water versus having Coke oh, yeah. in, in, in like a cafeteria. Absolutely. Oh but, yeah. But like having bananas sitting out instead yes. of having like donuts sitting out. Right. This is the, 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 this is what the, my little plug for me here, the, the yeah. workshop and the product and everything like that is going to be about. It's about putting your fitness on autopilot and all these little things are yeah. insiders things that, that we, and there's probably other things that you do without even realizing it uh-huh. um, that I'm trying to gather and, and put like out there for people because it is these little things. Like if you, uh, yeah, like you said, replacing peanuts or something on your, or peanuts and M&Ms or something on your kitchen counter, replacing that with, with whole fruit or something like that. Or if you have your, your delicious treats wrapped in cellophane, so you can actually see it as opposed to aluminum foil where you can't see it. Interesting. You don't have that trigger. Like as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, there's that treats there. Or it's in a little plastic baggie. Like cookies is my big thing. Mm-hmm. Like my mom will make cookies, put it in a plastic baggie. It'll just be sitting next to my toaster or something. And then I'm just like, oh, it's right there. I see it. But if I put that away, so it's like making the more delicious treats and put them in harder to reach places, harder to see places. Um, yeah, it's 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 essentially to to that effect. But it's it's all these little things that get the eye level of your fridge or your pantry. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whenever you open it up, what's the very first thing you see? And it's like I did this. You at have my, a higher percentage. Of- I did this at my house with my mom, and I was like, the very first thing you see is like these little mini donuts and like. Doritos and chips and like all these like delicious treats and I was like mom this is this, this is, is a problem it's just endorphin just as soon as you see a dopamine everything is just like all these things going off but yeah it's it matters so much it does and that's awesome that you're providing something launching something that's going mm-hmm. to provide that knowledge for people right I'll- because for me personally if I am even visiting someone's house and the longer I'm there 
the more susceptible I am to give in. Mm. But candy dishes right. are game over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I can't sit in front of a football game with a candy <clears throat> dish in front of me for three hours. I'm Especially if it's something like, get some peanut M&Ms in there. Like, oh, dude. Yeah. Trail mix or something? Or <laughs> yeah, Chex mix? Yeah, and you can eat 1,500 calories of trail mix like that. Oh, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. But yeah, that's the th- so like, what are we talking about? Like, single servings of like little popcorn, like the 100 calorie popcorns. It needs to have an end. Or like chips. Yep. The diff- I put this on my Instagram the other day. It's like the difference between having the bag of chips right here and then putting the chips actually on a plate, then putting the chips away in the pantry. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's that's 300 to 600 extra calories that you're not eating. Yep. Um, Huge. But yeah, so anyway, thanks I'd, for letting me plug that. But uh, Of course, of course. <laughs> but yeah, these, these little things I think are stuff that me and you may may know of or... or Do intuitively without yes. even realizing exactly. it. Exactly. I had a client swap uh, the order in her fridge. She has like like little milks, chocolate milks and juices oh. for, for the kids. And then she has plain single serving Greek yogurts for herself. And I asked her, I was like, have you been having Greek yogurt? Mm. She's like... They're in my fridge. I completely forgot they were there because they're behind the juice. I'm going to put the Greek yogurts in front, the juice behind, and now she's having the it Greek matters. yogurt. Like, yeah. It absolutely matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is great, man. This was this was really fun. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you, of course, for everything, but also for, yeah, taking out the time to, to do this. And I think people will really uh, enjoy it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Let me know when it comes up because I'll, I'll let people know. This for was sure. This was really good. For sure. For sure. We'll definitely do it again soon, I'm sure. Keep it up, man. Thank you. You you too, brother. Thanks, bro. Till next time, guys.